Hey everybody, I'm Sarah. And I'm Erin. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Everybody. So uh, today we're going to be talking about something really exciting to me because it's local-ish slash it's a story I grew up with. Oh, cool. So it's it's a fun, it's a fun, scary one, I think. We're going to be talking about the Goatman oh. of, of Fletchertown Road Goat and Crybaby Bridge, oh. which <laughs> I know there's tons of them throughout the country, but we're specifically going to be talking about the one in PG County, in uh, Prince George's County. Fine. I love a good, scary legend. Is that what yeah. it is? Legend? Yeah, like urban legend. Urban. Yeah. Uh, cryptozoologist kind yes. of cryptid situation. Yes. Much like Mothman, it's like a regional situation. Yes. So, it's, it. It, there are lots of goat mans, goat men, goat people stories because like goats obviously are like attributed to the devil so like yeah it's a easy one to perpetuate and crybaby bridge is also another easy story to perpetuate because everyone yeah there's always creepy stuff like that going on all over the place so anyway i uh collect a lot of information from a lot of different sources it's like a lot of notes there you got yeah yeah i went a little crazy into a lot of different theories but, um, and a lot of different, uh, like firsthand accounts and stuff. Oh, nice. If you're going to classify them as firsthand accounts, it's up to you. But then a lot of this I've supplemented with my own, like, stories that have been told from when I was a kid kind of thing. Nice. So I used a Thrillist article. I used an article from the Montgomery Caller, which is classified as local news written by locals. <laughs> so it's like Montgomery County um, by T. Beamer. I use Wikipedia, of course, my, you know, go-to source. I just burped. I hope that didn't pick up. I hope it did pick up. I really hope it did. (laughs) Excuse me, audience out there. Don't excuse her. Um, I used a Washingtonian article by Matt Blitz uh, and a Strange Magazine article called Crybaby Bridge by Mark Opsasnik. I don't think he's listening, so hopefully I didn't just offend him by that mispronunciation of his last name, but who really cares? I'm trying my best here, people. <laughs> trying my best. Um, so do you, did you ever have stories like this? Like yeah. back, back oh, yeah. home? Yeah, I don't know that they were region specific, but yeah, I mean, everyone's been told a Goatman story. And there's always yeah. those weird bridges where you hear something. Children crying, baby crying. I mean, it's all, in our town, it was, it was tracks. It oh, was, like railroad tracks? It was railroad tracks, and if you if you stopped, you would, you know, you'd hear something. A child yeah. crying, somebody screaming. Or like something. a freight train coming down yeah. at you, yeah, and, and then, like, somebody screaming. Yeah. Like, some horrible, yes. heinous thing. Yeah. Or your car inexplicably moves on its own. Oh, yeah. And but like, and you do realize that's, like, a gravitational anomaly. I know. Like, I, it's, like... I know. It's still, it just it's, has to do with the it's angle. It's still scary. Just I know. Scary. It's terrifying, because you don't really understand why it's happening. But it just happens. Um, so I thought I would start with Goatman because it's a little bit more of a unique-ish series of theories mm-hmm. than Crybaby Bridge, because like you were saying, like, there's lots of different stories of, like, horrible things happening to children. Yeah. And for some reason associated to bridges. Well, Goatman, this particular one is a little fine-tuned to the area. So anyway, 
Um, I'm going to go through a couple of the different origin theories behind it. I mean, the first one is my least favorite because it's kind of boring, which is that he's in the same family as Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Um, so he's like a mythical beast that roams the earth, which is like kind of boring because then it's just like oh, another cryptid. There's yeah. not like an interesting backstory to it. Right. But like, I appreciate it for what it is, you know, yeah. like some sort of missing link or you know, Bigfoot terrified me as a child, and I really believed he lived in my woods. Well, I mean, it is a terrifying story, yeah. but then my dad made me watch Harry and the Hendersons, so then I wasn't oh. afraid of Bigfoot. <laughs> which, like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, I feel like you should probably have a natural fear of something like that. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, so this is this next one is like a popular one. Like, this is what like teenagers perpetuate, which is like a goat farmer that realized a group of rowdy teens had killed his entire, like, village. Yeah. Um, don't know how that happens, a group of rowdy teenagers killing people, but whatever. <laughs> um, he went insane and started and turned into a teen-slaying goat monster. So I guess it's like, you know, right. he was filled with so much rage, he turned into this creature that killed teenagers. He actually turned into a creature, though. Yeah. That's the one that was, like, a very popular one. So, like, transmogrification one. kind of deal. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, I know, I'm being a little... I know, I'm Yeah, you're getting very technical, I'm, I'm which I'm, I appreciate. <laughs> um, so, this one... So, that one in particular was perpetuated up until about the 50s, 1950s. Uh -huh. The one about the goat farmer turning into a teen slayer, like, teen monster, which was very bizarre. Um, and then... Around, like, the 1950s, 1960s, this next one became the popular one, and now this is the one that gets perpetuated, because it's, honestly, it's the most interesting one of them all. So, the theory is that it's a creature that was a product of a science experiment that involved live animals and human DNA that had gone terribly wrong at the Ar Agricultural Research Foundation. Well, I don't know so, how it could go right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you never hear of like live animal human DNA experiences ever going the way they were supposed to go, which I don't even know what that way is. Yeah. But it never is right. So it like essentially it goes that the former identity, so that this is another one where he transformed into something else, right? He was. His name was William Lotsford, and he was a laboratory assistant who mysteriously went missing at the USDA Agricultural Research oh, Facility yeah. that was there. Okay. So he had been experimenting on goats until one experiment backfired, and he was mutated, becoming goat-like. And this is where it becomes very bizarre. So, right, it's supposed to be he's some research assistant guy doing this experiment on goats. He, something goes terribly wrong, like Spider-Man style. He right. mutates into a goat. Instead of going down the Spider-Man route of, like, becoming a superhero, he <laughs> then begins attacking cars with an axe and roaming the back roads of Beltsville, which is where the USDA, like, yeah. research facility is. So, I don't know how why one particular type of mutation turns you into a superhero and the other one turns you into a murderous like mythical creature. Huh. It's very bizarre. Um, and at one point the USDA was forced to publicly deny accidentally creating it. Ooh. Like in the seventies, I, I talk about it later. 
they had to actually put out a statement that they were like, this is not actually real guys. This is a fake story. Like this has nothing to do with any kind of like animal testing because the public was so like out of control about it. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. I mean, but you got to wonder, is it just that the public got out of control or were they really, or were they really trying to hide something? Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like they're trying to hide something, but not a goat like creature. Right. You know what I mean? I really hope the microphone does not pick up Gus Speaking screaming in the other room. Creatures, but Speaking of goat-like creatures, but... Speaking of cat-like creatures. Oh, there they go. They're, they're, they're demons. Um, so, anyway, those are the theories around how it originated. So, I vaguely talked about what it was. It's pretty much a half-goat, half-human type hybrid situation. Um, it takes pleasure in terrorizing lovers. Oh, it's always lovers. It's always, it's always lovers. It's always lovers' lane situation. This one's an interesting one. Decapitating dogs. What? It, it, it comes back full circle. There's like multiple Decapitate, situations where decapitating dog, dogs dogs had their heads removed. Um, and particularly likes chasing teenagers. Again, oh. I, don't, I think it's just because, <laughs> I don't know, because like they're making out in those like lover's lane situations. Oh boy. Um, it has a particular affinity for yelling and squealing. And making goat-like noises, which I'm not going to imitate now, but one could imagine. And typically is seen walking alone at night along Fletchertown Road, which if you're from PG County, you would know where that is. But it's like in the Beltsville, Bowie-ish area. I know. I really want to go. It's like super fun. We need to go. Yeah. Um, And the first recorded media mentions of it are in 1971, but they were like, you know, passed down legends through the kids, like through teenagers before that. But this is when it actually was reported on by the news. And it was, um, there was an article by Karen Hostler um, in the P and the Prince George's County news, which is affiliated with the Bowie blade, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting coincidence, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And the article does like a deep dive into all of this Maryland folklore. And then it's followed by an actual news item, like a news article about this family that ended up blaming the decapitation of their dog on the goat man. So 1971, there's like a huge resurgence of like looking into like folklore and stuff like that. So there were a lot of articles coming out and a lot of books coming out, like exploring all these like different legends. Yeah. And then this family, I guess, decided to blame it. There's a whole, it, we go into it. There are witness accounts. There's like all this kind of stuff. So this family, the Edwards, were searching for their dog who just, I think it's always good to have the animal's name. Um, the dog's name was Ginger. So mm-hmm. Ginger was missing. And the Edwards mm-hmm. were really, really upset. Um, and a few days later... The dog, I don't mean to laugh. That's terrible. Um, the dog Ginger was found off of Fletchertown Road, which is like a few miles away from where they live, without its head. God. Just on the side of the road. God, oh. Um, and on the night of the disappearance, a bunch of these teenage girls, of course, including April, who was one of the daughters of the Edwards, her- said that they heard strange noises and saw a large creature, like, in their yard. Um, and one of the witnesses that night, um, said that they, that it was about six feet tall. It walked on two feet and it was completely covered in hair. 
Um, and that it made a very high-pitched sound like a squeal, like a pig squealing was what, yeah. how they described it, which is just a horrifying noise when it is just pigs, let alone some sort of mythical creature type thing. That is right. really spooky to yeah. think about. Yeah, it's not something. And you then, just look out into your yard. And, and it's you... just a large, hairy creature squealing into the night. Yeah. yeah, not not fun. And the fact that it's on two legs. Yeah. Not four. And it's interesting because around that time, like, before, excuse me, um, before and after this article came out, there was an increase in sightings of, like, animal-like creatures that were walking on their hind legs in the area. Which I think is just an interesting fact to put in there, that even before the article, there were people reporting this happening. It's kind of going back to Mothman, too, that Mothman, which was, what, 1966-67, yeah, there, yeah. Were, there were sightings before that, too, of, of odd mutated bird-like creatures. So you go, hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Something was going on, so. Yeah. Um, and later that year, in 1971, there was a Washington Post article um, that detailed the legend of Goatman all throughout the country and specifically talked about this family dog decapitation situation and oddly enough named these three gentlemen that had actually found the dog's body. So it come, come to find out that after they had reported this dog was missing, there were a bunch of people that like went out looking for it. And these three guys reported finding the dog's remains. Mm Mm-hmm. But they weren't related to the family, which is an interesting situation. So anyway, mm. they identify Ray Hayden, John Hayden, and Willie Gein. And these three guys go to tell the story of, like, how they found the dog. And it's they give, like, three different accounts. It's very interesting. It's very bizarre. Huh. Um, and just an interesting fun fact. Um, they think that the Goatman legend became super popular in the 60s and the 70s because of like the car culture. Yeah. Because specifically the Goatman is chasing cars. cars. Right. Um, and the reason behind it is because cars gave teens this kind of like freedom yeah. to like escape their world. And at the same time of that going on, kids in school are learning about like Greek. Yep. Myths and legends. So, like, yep. the whole, like, uh, pan, like, half man, half goat situation. So, the, what they're saying is, like, it becomes a popular story in teenagers because of that mixture between wanting to, like, become an adult freedom kind of thing and also learning about all these different legends wow. on their own, which is interesting in and of itself. Um, but then... In the 1980s, so after there's all these, like, articles that are coming out about it, there's a bunch of murders that are in the woods by St. Mark the Evangelist School, which is by used to be by there, um, at Crybaby Bridge, which is on the same grounds as the Goatman Research Facility. Yeah. Um, and they're widely believed to be attributed to Goatman, to right. the murders, because they're unsolved. And that's the only information I could even find out about the murders. There was no other information on there. Um, So no other suspects. 
No other suspects. No other suspects, and they and and they're yeah. comfortable saying there's no evidence. Plus, uh, there's I like like, it. It, like they identified some of the markings and stuff as like animal, like from animals, but that just means that those bodies could have been out there for a while, right? But there's no other evidence. So whether it's Goatman or not, that's still terrifying. Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying because they're, uns- yeah. they're they're unsolved and they're crimes. open and they won't talk about them, which yeah. is very odd. I don't like that. Um, so when all these murders are going on in the same general area of the goat man, that takes us to the USDA agricultural research facility off of Lotsford road, which mm-hmm. is where Crybaby bridge is located. So okay. Lotsford should sound familiar because the laboratory assistant that is thought to have turned into goat man was William Lotsford. Okay. So that road was named for him, his oh. family. Yeah. Hmm. So, Cry Baby Bridge, this specific one that we're talking about, is on the USDA Agricultural Research Center, and it's off of Lotsford Road, which is a, I'm going to go into a lot of description about the road itself, because it's very specific where it is. Um, It's a jagged, swerving, one-lane country lane. That's redundant. I can't believe I wrote that twice. (laughs) It's it's a, it was a tiny little weaving road. It's not like that anymore, obviously, because nothing exists like that. And it's um, in Mitchellville, Maryland, which mm-hmm. is like on like it's sandwiched between a bunch of stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just east of the Capitol Beltway. In case you wanted to know, it's two miles in length, and it was barely wide enough for one car to travel down. So that's like part of the creepiness of it is that you know it was those one lane bridges where you had to oh, wait. Yeah. There's lots of roads like that yeah. where I grew up. Still, actually, and yeah, it is terrifying at night. Um, if you want to know like super specifics, it's the part of Lotsford Road that extended from Landover Road, which is 202, eastwards to Enterprise Road, which is Route 193. So if you mm-hmm. ever want to find that specific spot. Uh, that's exactly where it is. And it's at approximately the halfway point of the split by the swampy western branch, which is the creek um, that Crybaby Bridge is over top of. Okay. So it's about halfway down that particular creek where the bridge is. Um, back in the 40s, the area was referred to as the dumping grounds. The dumping ground. Which just sounds ominous. <laughs> so one can go in only two ways with that. Like people were ominous. dumping fridges or people were dumping bodies. Well, hmm. they were dumping bodies. So the reason it was called the dumping grounds is because dozens of dead bodies had surfaced there in the 40s on the sides of the roads in the surrounding forest and in the actual river itself. So that area was a popular place for people to dump dead bodies. Fun, fun times. Oh my. There's always a place like that everywhere, though. There is. And usually, it's interesting, it just dawned on me, usually those places where bodies are dumped, there's, excuse me, some sort of urban legend there that Mm -hmm. keeps, is supposed to keep people out, like the Jersey Devil and the Pine Barrens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it's intentionally supposed to keep people out so that they don't find the bodies. But anyway... The original PG County story originated in the 50s, 60s, and 70s in the northern PG County area, which is where we work. We can say that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the original story goes that a young woman who had just gotten into a huge argument with her husband, which is never how it, it's never good when people get in arguments, um, 
they had gotten into this argument because their baby wouldn't stop crying. Oh. So if that gives you some context of how messed up the dad is in this situation, Gus does not like that we're doing a podcast. He is screaming. So the baby is in the backseat crying, much like Gus is right now. he sees a bug. And the dad and the mom start screaming at each other. So they pull over on this bridge for some reason because that's never a good idea oh, to God, pull, don't over pull over, over a bridge. On a bridge. And no. it's described as rickety even then. No. Aaron, can you just throw that door closed so that at least yes. we can muffle his screaming? Um, <laughs> so in a like frantic, very quick motion, the dad throws the baby over the bridge. <gasps> um, over the railing and it falls into the water, oh, right? Oh, God. No. Instead of like, oh, I don't know, running as far away from him as humanly possible, they drive off together, (laughs) essentially leaving their child to drown in the river. Yeah. So how it, how it works into the legend itself is that on a starless night, when the light of the moon focused squarely on the bridge, a strong gust of cold wind would sweep the hollow. That's how it's described in this, like story and you can see a crying baby materialize over the bridge and there's a loud shrieking that echoes through the forest yeah i don't want to see that no right i don't want to see it and i don't want to hear it yeah i don't want to see it i don't want to hear it no okay now i never heard about the floating baby so that was not ever part of the like (laughs) legend when i was hearing it i was always hearing the shrieking in the night right um oh god yeah right so a local marylander um named atkins uh tells about how he crossed the crybaby bridge on a friday night in 1966 he had a bunch of friends in the back seat of the car and they could hear a baby crying what month in 1966 do you know for sure in the spring okay i was just curious oh gosh um in the buoy news which it's based out of Bowie, Maryland, which is in PG County. On Wednesday, December 15th, 1971, there is a, there a number again. There's that damn date. Wednesday, December 15th. That's when the the bridge collapsed in Point Pleasant. I thought it was December 11th. No, December 15th. <sighs> Great. Okay, sorry. I there was an article titled Ghostly Graveyards uh, Moaning Mother Reported, which just is terrible. Um. These two guys, Jeff and Steve Fopma, which is just not the best name. Fopma. It'd be easy to say that and have it sound like really obscene. Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, They were from Lanham. Uh, They heard a story about a lady who threw her baby over a bridge on Lotsford Road. And the Fopmas said they had heard that every time there's a full moon, you can see the baby over the bridge. So it's another very similar story that gets reported in 1971. Mm -hmm. Don't like it. Yeah, right? Um, From 1974 to 1984, uh, there are seven different murder victims that are dumped off of Lotsford Road by the bridge. So again, it goes back to a fun place to dump bodies. Um, And up until the like mid-80s, there were upwards of 14 dead bodies that had turned up. Were they um were, were they all over the place in terms of ages and gender or it was it basically yeah so there wasn't like there a was, pattern no there was no pattern so it's just people were murdering people supposedly and like okay this is convenient because like this is yeah. that place people don't really want to go yep. and and yeah. that goes back to 
the murders we talked about with Goatman that happened in the woods around St. Mark the Evangelist, mm. those were a bunch of murders that people attributed to Goatman because there wasn't really any yeah. type of, you know, motive or common thread through them. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1984, the uh, there's a book that's, or like a pamphlety booklet kind of thing that's published called Prince George's Bounty, Oral History, Portraits of People and Traditions Collected by Students of Queen Anne's School, which oh. is on Upper Marlboro, in case you wanted uh-huh. to know. Uh, this was published in 1984. It's about county for- folklore, so it's specifically PG County folklore, which is interesting. Um, and there's a story on two pages about Crybaby Bridge. Um, and it goes into it in a little bit more specifics about the story. Um, that the car had run out of gas on the bridge. That's why they had had to stop. Um, they had argued about the gas. So this kind of like goes to one that's like a little more modernized and a little less like women hating and yeah. aggressive dad. Um And while the husband went for gas, the woman walked around to the front of the car and found her baby's head impaled on the hood. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So this one gets a little bit more gory, a little bit more like uh, House of a Thousand Corpses creepiness. Uh, She ran after her husband. um, And when the couple returned back to the car, neither baby nor blood was found. So the baby was just gone and there was no blood to be found at all. Um, And so then later on in the story, they're told that if you drive over the bridge on a cloudy night without any stars, you can hear the baby crying. All right, let's go do that now. Right? Exactly. Let's go do it 